maintenance costs are less because for a start, uh, they have regenerative braking. So when you drive the truck, as soon as you lift off the accelerator, then they start regenerating from the braking. And so they, they create their own energy. So if you drive them correctly, you actually make your own energy or electricity as you drive the truck through the braking. Hi, I'm Kaya Taylor, and this is Rewired, a show exploring the future of energy in Australia. From Arena, the Australian Renewable Energy Agency. This season, we're highlighting the transformers that are changing our energy grid. And today, we're speaking with Bill Gillespie, President for Asia-Pacific for Sea Electric, a company manufacturing electric trucks in Melbourne and selling those vehicles around the world. Sea Electric mainly focuses on uh, building electric trucks in Melbourne. We also have a, a business where we power buses and do some repowering of diesel buses and also building new buses with electric power, mainly zero emission logistics trucks, last mile delivery trucks, and also uh, some medium duty uh, distribution size trucks as well. Well, the business was established in 2012 by Tony Fairweather, who's CEO and founder, started in, um, he's, he's a Brisbane guy, but started the business out of Melbourne. I think the family had other interests in Melbourne and saw an opportunity. There were a lot of demands even sort of nine years ago for companies to look at their carbon emissions and how were they going to reduce those. And clearly, transport variously produces a lot of carbon. So it was a pretty obvious choice for their business to look at that opportunity. I think we had, he had personally um, worked with uh, major logistics companies and they'd all said that, listen, they have a goal to reduce emissions. So producing an electric truck of some size was quite an obvious objective and proposition. So they founded the business and since then it's developed and really the office opened, if you like, full-time in Melbourne and the factory in uh, 2017. And over the last uh, two years, it's been fine-tuning and and developing that business opportunity out of Melbourne and now progressed into uh, North America and other parts of the world. Bill has been in the automotive sector for two decades, mostly working with passenger vehicles. However, more recently, he found himself working with trucks, specifically electric trucks, which led him to see Electric, a company shaping the electric truck industry from right here in Australia. The demand is huge. Think about all the products and services being delivered on a regular basis and the potential savings to emissions and fuel costs a company could make if they made the switch to electric. It's no surprise that global corporations like Amazon and IKEA are investing in the EV sector, along with local giants Woolworths and Australia Post. Even local governments are keen to transition in an effort to convert their public transport fleets, and Sea Electric is hoping to be key in this commercial shift. There is a huge demand for so-called last-mile logistics business. So the home delivery business globally is uh, due to COVID in 2020 and this year again. That business has absolutely exploded. So people who cannot obviously go to the shops are ordering online at absolutely record quantities. So you've got a lot of companies, uh, Australia Post, IKEA, Bunnings, this is Australian companies, Woolworths, Coles, all of them have an objective to 
lower their carbon emissions. And a big part of what they do, of course, is home delivery business. So it's a pretty obvious choice uh, for the boards of directors of those companies to look at a zero emission last mile delivery truck. In Australia, there's also huge interest from local councils. So there's over 500 local councils in Australia, and I think all of them have a a zero emission or a carbon reduction mandate and a goal. And uh, so they're also, uh, so far, we've had a lot of interest from local councils and we've sold trucks to the uh, ACT council, to Banyul City Council. A lot of councils around Australia have already got electric tipper trucks mainly from us. So big demand from government and also big business in terms of um, delivery and logistics work. And is that the same in the international markets, so for, for your region in particular? Yeah, for sure. So obviously in New Zealand, it's the same opportunity, uh, major home delivery businesses um, and council work. And then across Asia, all of those countries have uh, – Singapore has a very aggressive zero emission goal. Malaysia also. Uh, all of those countries, there's huge interest in – Uh, zero emission businesses and trucks, mainly distribution trucks. And what about throughout Asia? You mentioned presence in Thailand, Singapore. I think despite what people in Australia may believe about Asia um, and certain countries for whatever their their view is, um, China, um, Malaysia, Philippines, Indonesia, Singapore, Thailand and also Vietnam all have very strong uh, government approaches to reducing emissions. They obviously in some cases have very significant uh, pollution and uh, they do have a stated goal in every one of those countries. If you go on to every one of those countries' government websites, they've all got quite aggressive objectives. So a lot of interest initially with public transport, so buses. So there's a lot of activity on zero emission and electric and um, hybrid sort of electric and uh, hydrogen buses in all those countries. Uh, Most of them either have uh, buses or are about to get buses. So that's their first step. And then after that, it's the the sort of logistics business and the delivery business is big, uh, big demand in those markets too. So it's pretty much everywhere and it's pretty much the same type of demand in every in every country. So just staying on the customer thing for a moment, on the transport, on the trucking side, who were some of the main customers that you would be working with um, in Australia and, and abroad? Well, IKEA have a mandate, a global mandate for um, not net zero, but actual zero carbon uh, by 2030. So all of their logistics and shipping channels are now aiming to be zero. Now, in some cases, they'll be net zero. You can't make a ship zero at this point, but those areas where they can be zero, such as uh, trucks, um, we already have three trucks with IKEA in Sydney delivering uh, two houses, and uh, they've each of those trucks have done over 100,000 kilometres. They average about 200 kilometres a day and come back to base each night, and they're charged... So that's a real, real-world example right now with IKEA. But really, if you look at DHL, UPS, Amazon, all of those country companies rather have really aggressive plans around zero, zero emission delivery. So Amazon are a, they've ordered a hundred thousand vans from another company, a 
Rivian, who is uh, deliver, uh, building a delivery van. In our case, we're working closely with DHL and UPS in Asia and also in North America. So, yeah, all of those companies have a big vested interest in um, what's going to happen, of course, and we all know this, in the next 10 years, there will be cities around the world, and it's happening now, where you won't be able to take a diesel truck into the city and deliver. So you need an alternative. So it's, it's, it's gone beyond just, oh, that would be a nice thing to do for the planet, to now it's mandated and you have no choice. You have to find a solution to be able to deliver the, the goods you sell or the goods you're delivering on behalf of somebody else. So the pressure point for the major companies such as DHL, UPS, etc., Star Trek in Australia, the pressure point is that their customers, say IKEA is a customer of one of those delivery companies, they're saying you need to find a solution to deliver our goods. If you don't, you won't be able to keep our contract. So that's the pressure that's happening on, on those sort of companies. Plus, those companies also have their own mandate as well, so it's not entirely altruistic. They, they also want to do their bit for the planet, if you like. While transitioning an entire fleet of trucks could be a big undertaking for a delivery business like Australia Post, being able to offer a clean delivery service could be a huge win for retailers as more Australians look to reduce their carbon impact. I certainly think the profile of certain customer base, and maybe IKEA is one of those, um, but there's a lot of customer base that will choose to have their goods delivered by a zero emission vehicle. Um, I think they would tick that box. They might even pay a little extra for that privilege. And there are plenty of customers, I believe, in Australia who will do that. So, yeah, I think I think that's definitely going to happen over time, that that will be a demand-driven outcome. Uh, one of the other areas I didn't mention was the waste management area. So the, the collection of home waste, a lot of companies now in Australia, and we've built a lot of waste management trucks or rubbish trucks, if you like, that pick up the wheelie bins from the side outside your house. We've already built 35 of those with another company. Now, that demand was really driven by you know, the grassroots level people saying, I would like my waste collected by a zero emission truck. You know, this should be able to happen. Why can't the council look at that? So then the council then went to their supplier who then went to their provider of the truck and then they've ended up with us. So that's an example where you've got a real grassroots level push in Australia and there's plenty of areas in Australia who want that to occur. And then that goes into the councils. Lots of councils are really green in their orientation now. And so you're seeing really, even if the federal government doesn't really have a a well-laid-out plan at this point on energy, it's happening at the council level and then going up and do uh, state governments around Australia, then then, uh, then it will eventually end up in federal. So, yeah, it's really a consumer-led approach on, on, on what you're seeing today. And I think, I mean, what sounds so powerful about having the actual vehicle be crucial to providing that carbon offset as opposed to, you know, carbon offset programs are, are awesome, but they can be quite complicated for people to get their heads around. So just knowing that actually it was an electric vehicle that was that was delivering it, I can imagine it makes the proposition for that percentage of customers quite easy to, to grasp. Yes. Yeah. I think I think that's a branding. Look, at the moment, most a lot of these companies who are doing it are kind of wrapping themselves in a green flag. There's a a marketing benefit to do it as, and then so you know they know that they know that people like companies that are being progressive and contemporary and are looking 
at the planet in this way. So that that does help. Eventually, that will be normalised, and it will be that's the way we get everything delivered. But at this point, companies like that, and I think the, the marketing departments. You'll notice, just to make an example, Woolworths during the Olympic Games spent a lot of time talking about where you know, being green. And they have their own very aggressive internal culture around being green. They advertised um, their distribution trucks, which are ours, that we built as being part of their green initiative. So, you know, there's a lot of marketing that's going around this at the moment and a lot of companies who are doing that. And I think people, they will look at Woolworths and say, well, we like companies that are doing that, you know. So if you look at positioning and competition, yeah, if you look at Woolworths versus, say, their main competition being Coles, it's clear that Woolworths are making a big green play in the marketplace and Coles at this point are not. So I think Woolworths see that. I'm sure Brad Banducci that heads up Woolworths sees that as being a competitive market advantage. So companies are doing that already and you can see IKEA will do that in Australia, other companies like that that want to be seen to be contemporary and green, they will definitely do that. While a passenger car might do approximately 12,000 kilometres a year, commercial vehicles can do tens of thousands because they're always moving. Time is money for commercial vehicles. So the more they're on the road, the higher the chance of a business recouping their investment. With EVs, there's also less moving parts, which means less chance of a breakdown and less investment in ongoing maintenance. Add to that the ability to fuel the car with renewable energy, and you have the perfect incentive for a corporation to make that switch. So how does the price of running an electric truck compare to a combustion vehicle? How big of a saving could a business make? That is caveated by so many things like where do you you run the truck, how big is the truck, how big is the body of the truck, Um, do you run mostly urban, are you in Sydney or are you in Brisbane or Adelaide, all of those things matter but we're looking at um, in some cases the 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 IKEA truck for instance those trucks cost typically around $12 a day to operate um, whereas the diesel equivalent obviously is a lot more than that so if you're talking diesel at $1.65 a litre and depends where you get your energy from and whether it's uh, uh, net carbon energy so green energy in other words so um, if you're paying around the 14 to 16 cents per kilowatt hour um, versus the dollar 65 for diesel, the saving is pretty pretty extreme. If you're doing that 200 kilometres a day and you're doing that six days a week, you can see the savings would add up pretty quickly. They typically start life about three times more than their equivalent diesel truck. This is the electric truck. And then really over a period of five years, you you eliminate that cost disadvantage. So it's called a total cost of ownership. And in our case, it's around the five to five and a half year mark where the, the stars cross over. But of course, on top of that, customers don't just attach on the fact that it costs less to run it. They know that they're saving the planet. They're helping the planet. They also like the fact that they're buying less diesel. You know, if you if you use 10,000 litres of diesel in five years, you, that's 10,000 less litres of diesel that need to be produced. So, you know, there's a lot of savings, not just monetary, but there's also great savings to the 
to the uh, to the climate and also to the to the planet. So I think a lot of customers are really attaching at those three levels rather than simply at the price or the cost of running. Maintenance costs are less because, for a start, uh, they have regenerative braking. So when you drive the truck, as soon as you lift off the accelerator, then they start regenerating from the braking. So they they create their own energy. So if you drive them correctly, you actually make your own energy or electricity as you drive the truck through the braking so and that braking means you don't have to replace the brakes so let's say in a typical light uh, delivery truck you replace the brakes every year that's around two thousand to two thousand five hundred dollars in an electric truck it's three times over five years not five times over five years so there's a, a six or seven thousand dollars saving as well and just on top of that they just need less maintenance they they just need less maintenance than a diesel truck because there's there's just simply less bits of those mechanical items moving around in recent years australia's passenger car manufacturing industry has all but shut down we no longer make cars locally because it's just cheaper to import them given the history we have with vehicle manufacturing bill says it's probably surprising to many that c electric are making their vehicles locally There are no more passenger car manufacturers, obviously, but it's not unusual in Australia for trucks to be assembled. Uh, We assemble and we do some manufacturing. Most uh, Packard, I think, Kenworth do more of that, and so is Volvo. So um, it's not abnormal. But, yes, look, I think customers are quietly surprised that they are made in Melbourne, and there is a bit of a view which we hear a lot of as well, you know, how come – you guys are being able to build these and other major truck companies are not, and that will change over time. But where we do offer a solution, we can do a small delivery truck right up to a big truck, and that, that does make us different. But, yeah, they're, they're, I think they're pleasantly surprised they're made in Australia. That's it's a big advantage for us right now. What are you most excited about in this space? It sounds like you have a pretty – you're working in a very, very exciting and a highly, you know, like kind of a – understated hero <laughs> of this of this whole transition so I would love to know what, what's inspiring you what's excites you about this work well I think what I was what I've been speaking about mostly is that the, the inspiration around the fact that in, not to be too um, sort of to come from too high a position you know there is really something that's great about doing this if you care about the world at any level and I do um, and I care about you know what we're all doing to the planet generally. Um, this is a good thing to do. I, I like automotive. I'm really interested in making the best automotive machine we can make. And if it, if it's doing something good for the planet, why not? I also think it's great to be talking to customers and companies about how they solve that challenge themselves. So that's really interesting too. On top of that, you get to talk to government about their goals and what we can do to help them on that too. So there's just a whole range. It's not just about, you know, selling trucks. We, we, we would never say we sell trucks. We, we're looking, we offer solutions to companies that need to solve their current challenges around the environment and everyone needs to do that. So I think that's really interesting and I love it. Thanks to Bill Gillespie for joining us for this episode. Rewired is brought to you by ARENA, the Australian Renewable Energy Agency, working to support Australia's energy transition. This episode was hosted by me, Kaya Taylor, with production and scripting from the team at Lawson Media. 
If you've enjoyed the conversation and want to learn more about the Transformers working to change our energy grid or the projects that Arena is funding, you can find out more on our website, arena.gov.au. I'll speak to you again soon.